coming up on Studio Berlin. First, very clear message is that the climate targets won't be achieved without reducing energy consumption significantly. People are making demands on politicians to reach climate goals. But are people placing the same demands on themselves? I changed six months ago from natural gas to biogas, which really uh, improves my CO2 footprint significantly by 30% or more. Are enough incentives in place to make sure everybody can do their part? If you want to achieve that goal, you got to make it as easy as possible for people to do good. We'll discuss energy efficiency right here in Studio Berlin, up next. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on 104.1 FM, KCRW Berlin. Each week we bring you a closer look at issues shaping our lives here in Germany's capital. This week we are talking about what individuals and businesses can do to help Germany reach its climate goals. Do you do anything in your own life to reduce your carbon footprint or be more energy efficient? I started to eat vegetarian again and I'm really trying to um, reduce like my traveling uh, how how you heat, um, or if you if you look at your the way you you move, um, what kind of uh, engine is in your vehicle? I think they don't educate the people enough about the climate change and the problems. The topic is particularly in focus right now, with global activities centered on the issue. On Friday, September 20th, entire companies in Berlin called on their employees to join the global climate strike organized by the youth climate movement Fridays for Future. Also in Berlin, Germany's new climate cabinet has been pushing to create a fresh climate action plan. That's ahead of a UN climate summit in New York on Monday. But what can everyday people do to help reach climate goals? Joining me today to discuss this is DANEF's managing director, Martin Bornholt. DANEF is a coalition of businesses pushing for more energy efficiency in their industries. Joining us as well, is CO2 online senior consultant, Lawrence Herrmann, an organization focused on helping individuals reduce their carbon footprint. Welcome to you both. Hello. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having us. Okay, so Martin, what are the top priorities over at DANEF? Tell me a little bit more about what exactly your organization does and what you're most looking to achieve right now. So DANEF is a business association for energy efficiency, as you mentioned. And uh, it means we have more than 170 businesses and organizations that are providing solutions for saving energy and reducing the energy demand and increasing energy efficiency. And to make it um, tangible, those are companies everybody knows, like Philips that do LED light bulbs, or like Siemens, a big um, German electric company. Yeah, big companies and the Mittelstand, so the, the medium-sized and family businesses as well, and they all have solutions for saving energy. Our focus right now at this moment, of course, is that we think it's very important to stress that reducing your energy demand and increasing energy efficiency is one of the two or three very important pillars of climate protection and to reach the climate targets. And we think that there's still a lot of potential for saving energy in everyday's life in businesses and private homes. But we also think that it uh, needs more political action to basically support this or to foster this. Okay. 
And Lawrence, you're with CO2 Online. What is it exactly that your nonprofit looks to achieve? And what are your top priorities? Uh, CO2 Online is the Germany's largest information portal for issues like climate change and energy efficiency for uh, the target group of private households, both homeowners and renters. We have two steps which we try to help people with. First, transparency, helping people to know about their energy consumption. Many people don't really know what, how much they spend on energy, whether that is much or, uh, or little. And if they know where they have potential for savings, we help them getting from the knowing to the doing to save CO2 reductions, to save money, to save energy. Okay, and tell me, what makes you do the work that you do? Why did you get involved with CO2 Online? I couldn't imagine doing a profession that doesn't in some way or the other contribute to making this a better place. I think many of my colleagues share this, this motivation. But at the same time, it's a very fascinating topic. It, it affects almost all parts of life and, and we can help people. And Martin, how can you sell the concept of energy efficiency to people? I mean, what is the value in it for the climate or for an individual or mm. a business owner? First, very clear message is that the climate targets won't be achieved without reducing energy consumption significantly. Mm. So all scenarios also of the energy vendor of the German energy transition say we have to cut energy consumption by half and the rest with renewable energy. So it's one piece renewable, one piece is uh, energy reduction. We talk about energy efficiencies since I think 1995 was my moment, was the first climate summit here in Berlin. This is 25 years ago. Some um, of those involved with the Fridays for Future movement were not even born yet. Not even born mm -hmm. then, yes. Yeah. Since then, we're trying to motivate people and businesses to do more for uh, energy efficiency. And so far, we haven't reached that much. And uh, I wouldn't agree on that. We have some progress, but uh, on the larger scale, the time is over to say uh, everyone can do his share or her share. In the end, we know that a certain part of the businesses and of the households, for various reasons, will not be able to become as energy efficient as it is needed. And then we are at the point, and I think we are now at the point, where bold measures by, by the governments are needed. And that includes also that you say to certain technologies, no, this is yesterday's stuff. Burning lignite coal is over. You're listening to Studio Berlin, our current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. When we come back, we'll take a closer look at some practical tips that families, individuals, and businesses can apply to help Germany reach its climate goals. Public radio programs attract educated consumers and business decision makers. You can reach this highly desirable audience with your company's marketing message on KCRW Berlin. Isn't it time to make our listeners your customers? Find out how by emailing us at sponsorships at kcrwberlin.org or online at kcrwberlin.com slash sponsorships. Welcome back to Studio Berlin here on 104.1 FM. I'm Nikki Mawson. We're talking about energy efficiency and what everyday Berlin residents can do to help Germany reach its climate goals. I'm joined here in the studio with Danef's Managing Director, Martin Bonholt. Joining us as well is CO2 Online Senior Consultant, Lawrence Herrmann. Let's talk now about some practical tips 
about how people can reduce their carbon footprint and tell me what exactly is energy efficiency. Energy efficiency is basically the ratio of how much energy you need to achieve a certain goal, service or whatever. Let's take an example. You want to have your, your flat warm at home, so you need to heat it. And the less gas you need to get the same amount of warmth in your home, the more efficient your heating system is. What the advantages of reducing your energy demand are very multiple. I mean, on the one hand side, what we discuss right now uh, a lot is that you, with um, each kilowatt hour you do not use, you reduce the CO2 footprint and you contribute to um, climate protection. So that's the first thing. The second thing is energy is expensive, might become even more expensive in the future. And the less you use, the less you pay. So you save money by saving energy. Okay, so simply put, energy efficiency means consuming less energy and wasting less energy can create significant savings, mm -hmm. uh, both for the climate as well as for the personal pocketbook. What kind of savings are we talking about? Can we talk about some specifics about what a family, what an individual, or what an, a business, by making an investment, can achieve? Well, on the family level, there are several areas in which you can save energy. The most important one is in your private home is for heating. Heating and hot water counts for uh, up to 80% of the energy consumption. So heating and hot water is the largest share in the energy bill of most households but also for electricity, for your appliances in the future, also for your electric car maybe, is an important share of your energy consumption where energy efficiency can help you saving money. And there are basically two paths that we can go with efficiency. So one of them is to change our habits and change our lifestyle in a way. And the other path is to make investments either structurally or through technology that can prevent wasted energy. Exactly. What do you both see as more effective? We always describe the economic use of energy efficiency measures if you look at the lifespan of a certain product. And if you can save more energy costs during maybe the 10 or 15 years you use a fridge, then it pays off, then it's economic. Let's look at, for example, a typical family of four in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And let's say they're renters. Yes. What can they do mm -hmm. to increase their energy efficiency, reduce their carbon footprint? And what type of savings should they be able to see? Well, looking at heating, we recommend that they should use thermostatic valves, which are smart, which maybe detect whether someone's in the home or not and switch on and off the heating system. This is something even renters can do. You don't have to be the building owner to apply such systems. When you look at electricity, the highest uh, consumer is usually the fridge. If you have a fridge that, it, that is older than 10 or 15 years, it's normally very economic to buy a very efficient new fridge with uh, a triple plus energy label. And if you look at other electric appliances like your TV or your uh, hi-fi system, use a very simple measure, plug sockets with a switch. And just when you go to bed, make the switch off so you avoid the standby consumption which adds up to really significant amounts. And it's such a cheap measure and saves a lot of energy. Okay. And Martin from Danef, you help companies become forerunners in energy efficiency. Do you have some success stories you can tell, some specific examples? Okay, well, first, we, we do not help our, ourselves companies to save energy. It's our members who do that. And uh, maybe also back to the first question, is if, it's, if it's better to be sufficient or efficient, yeah, I think that's sometimes... 
and a little bit an opposition that's uh, made up where you say sufficient means you switch off the light to make it a very clear example. So changing habits, yeah. And efficient uh, means uh, change your old light bulbs to a modern LED, less consuming thing. And I think to reach the climate targets, we need to do both. Changing habits is, I think, it's more important than, you know, making people invest in some things. And it's uh, similar within companies. I mean, there are so many success stories For example, one company here in Berlin uh, has gone this way, is an ice cream manufacturer. It's called Florida Ice. And, and this is a very typical example. It's a, it's a small yeah, ice manufacturer. It's a family uh, office. It's uh, Mr. Hoon who owns it. And one point of time, his son studies um, something and he says, Dad, um, you have a factory and you have responsibility and you're wasting energy. And we can't afford that in the future anymore yeah. because I, I learned that at, at school or at university. And he started systematically go all through, through all his processes in the entire ice cream factory and also in the delivery system and the you know, ice cream cars that deliver the ice cream. And then he found more and more solutions. Um, sometimes he invented things together with other tech firms, uh, like, like, for example, a, a new cooling system Of where the fridge can be, st where the ice cream can be stored. It's a totally new technology, etc. And um, I think he uh, came down to zero emission, except for the ingredients now. But the whole uh, factoring process is zero emission now, um, including um, he's now started uh, inventing together with a, a company a full electric delivery car, including the cooling in the car for delivering. Yeah, this is a critical thing. Um, so he has an electric ice truck now. Um, so he comes also to zero emission for the delivery um, thing. And I think this okay. is a very success yeah. story. And he started with small measures and he got like, like a sport. And then he wanted to get further and further and further. And he invested and he tried and so on and so on. And I think that's a very good success story. But we have to see uh, all over the country. Are those types of measures something that's accessible as well to a very large company that has many more concerns that have to be weighed out? Yes, I think the technology question is solved. We have already all technologies for reducing the energy consumption. But of course, it's easier for smaller companies, not from a technology point of view, because it's uh, easier from a management point of view. It's one person who takes a decision, who takes a risk and who does it. And the bigger the company gets, it's uh, the more difficult it gets to make brave and ambitious decisions at the end of the day. But... We need these lighthouses, like the small ice manufacturer, mm. and he talks to the big ones. And then at the end, they have to be asked, why don't you do that? You can't do that. Why don't you do that? And then they start thinking and then they adopt one or two measure and it will scale over, over time. But we have to accelerate the scaling. And I think this is where the policymakers come into the game. And they have to create the right frame condition, the right CO2 prices, et cetera, et cetera, that it gets from an investment perspective more and more attractive for all the big ones also to follow up and to follow faster. They follow, but they follow too slow and they have to follow faster. Okay, and that's exactly what we're going to dive into deeper when we come back after a short break. We'll take a look at what more needs to be done to improve energy efficiency in Germany. You're listening to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. Hey, you, you've been hearing and reading the news all day. So what are you getting out of it? Are you smarter, more informed, better prepared for your dinner party later tonight? Well, The Takeaway has you covered. We ask the tough questions, we hold lawmakers accountable, and if something just doesn't seem right, we ask, how did we get here? 
It's The Takeaway with me, Tanzina Vega. Tune in to The Takeaway weeknights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. I'm Nikki Matson, and we're talking about energy efficiency and what everyday Berlin residents can do to help Germany reach its climate goals. I'm here with DNF's Managing Director, Martin Bornholt. Joining us as well is CO2 Online Senior Consultant, Lorenz Herrmann. Also joining us now is Tim Kauermann. He's a Berlin resident who started the initiative Berlin Can Mehr. Berlin Can Do More. One of the goals is to increase cooperation among diverse groups in the city to help foster more sustainable solutions. Welcome to you all. Thanks for being here. Okay, so who pays for making the investments that are needed to improve energy efficiency across Germany? Tim, let's bring you into the conversation here. Berlin kann mehr. What more can Berlin be doing? I think there's a lot Berlin can do more. And in terms of environmental friendliness, I mean, this is the question of we got to collaborate. We got to work together. Every one of uh, us can do something, but in the end it comes to the government or a regulation that's in the way that's making it harder for us. So coming back to your question of who pays for it, I mean, that's the question we got to answer. We got to be aware that being environmentally friendly is going to cost us more unless we talk about, obviously, me walking somewhere, it's going to be cheaper for me to walk. But if I need a new fridge, it's going to cost me more at the beginning. Long term, I'm going to be saving something. So in that term, I can be the one paying for the new fridge because I can afford it. But in some cases, if I'm going into the real estate business and I'm not the owner of my flat, the owner of the flat needs to invest something, and then I'm the beneficiary because I get to use less energy. So there's a discrepancy of who's paying for it and who is receiving the benefit of it, even though everybody of us obviously is receiving the benefit of a cleaner environment in the end. But that's a long-term goal. So I guess if you want to achieve that goal, you got to make it as easy as possible for people to do good. Okay, and to talk about Berlin, some Berlin specifics, yeah. it is an Altbaustadt with many older buildings, and we do have a population of primarily renters. You're focused also on housing in Berlin with your campaign on a variety of different topics, specifically looking at sustainability and reducing energy consumption. Who do you think needs to act now? What well, needs to change? We, we got to act on the existing buildings. I mean, we have about 1.9 million apartments in Berlin and only in last year, only 16,000 new ones being built. So if you focus on getting the new buildings more attractive, that's not going to make the difference. The only difference we can make is finding ways of renovating and modernizing the existing buildings. And that's where the focus has got to be on. Out of that 1.9 million, only 300,000 apartments are being used by the basically the owner of the building. So we have 1.6 million people living in a building they don't own or living in an apartment they don't own. So that's where we need to collaborate on. Um, Martin, Danef, is it accurate to say that you lobby lawmakers for better policies? Yes, that's accurate. Okay. And DNF as an organization representing businesses and energy efficiency has pushed for tax incentives, federal tax incentives, since 2011. Who or what is holding that up? Yeah, this is a, a typical story of policy failure. I, I cannot express it differently because no matter um, whom you ask, everybody would say, yeah, it makes sense to give a house owner and tax incentive for renovating his house to a certain level, to a certain energy consumption level to make it better. 
And that saves Germany as well. It, it's not it, just the homeowner. Exactly. So, and it's like, even like from a macroeconomic perspective, it means you replace imports of oil and gas and uh, replace it by like local um, value creation, replace it by craftsmen, you know, who earn money with that, with local products that are built in there, etc. So it's from, even from an economic perspective, from a taxpayer's perspective, a very lucrative uh, But who's measure. standing in the way? Yes, and that's the interesting thing. Twice we were very close to get this tax incentive schemes and uh, always the federal level said, yes, we want to have that, made a proposal of a law and then uh, one or more of the states on the state level said, no, we don't want that. And they didn't say, we don't want that in general, but we don't want it in this kind of how it's done right now. We have, so it's a lack of agreement amongst the Bundesländer, the, the German yes, state. Yes, together on the, on the federal level, because there was nobody actually taking responsibility and caring and moderating that process. And so they said, yeah, we have a proposal. The, the state said no, and then said, ah, oh, bad luck. And, and I, this, yeah. if, if I may jump in, that's one of the reasons why Berlin Command was founded, because at the current political situation in Berlin specifically, they are focused so much on their own issues and know this isn't a good idea because it's not coming from us. But the big issues we can only solve by partisan, right? I mean, it's not enough to get 20 or 22 percent to agree with what I'm doing. We got to get more than 50, 60, 70, 80 percent. And energy efficiency, who would be against that? I mean, there's no, what's the, the downside of it? As long as I'm not being, you know, my consumption can stay the same. There's no downside of it. So uh, so I think that's that's the biggest issue we have right now to get basically the parliament focused on the issues. And if we say climate is important for us, we got to get our facts right and we got to figure it out. This is important for us. It's going to cost us money. Currently, the focus in Berlin is on dropping the rates for rent. You can't do both at the same time. So you got to focus on one or the other or put a lot of money on it to make sure we still keep the cheap rent, but then get the tax incentives so that people can afford to still be environmental friendly. Lorenz, uh, you support tax incentives as well? Tax incentives for building renovation is one important element in helping private house owners to uh, make the necessary renovations. I don't think they uh, will be solving everything. I don't think that they can be high enough to really bring the, the amount of renovation activity uh, into the market which is really needed. We have several other challenges which are beyond mere finances. We have not enough uh, workforce among the craftspeople. The prices for building and renovation have risen significantly during the last five years. So there are multiple challenges, but certainly tax breaks for renovation activities should be one part of the policies. Everybody says, yeah, it makes sense. Nobody says it doesn't make sense. And if, if even this does not come, then it's, you know, a very, very bad signal. So um, this is a starting point. But, but if even the first step and the easy step does not come from policymakers, then it's really, uh, really getting difficult. And it's, it's almost ridiculous. We've seen what happened on Friday and how many people showed up. So why are the parties not recognizing, okay, we need this? Even the Senate is giving them their employees free to go to these demonstrations. I mean, they should be focused on making things happen instead of showing that we want to make it happen because it should be clear by now. Okay, we're about to wrap up this edition of Studio Berlin. But first, I'd like to ask, is energy efficiency the forgotten child of Germany's energy transition? Yes, it is. It was, uh, but it will change. Okay, and Lorenz from CO2 Online? We have definitely seen uh, an incredible increase since Fridays for Future has started. This has 
brought a massive impetus into the public discussion and this brought the window of opportunity to make bold decisions uh, right now. We will see whether this window of opportunity will be used adequately. Well, I completely agree with you that it's the forgotten child because we talk a lot about sufficiency in terms of doing less and what we shouldn't do, but we talk very little about how we can simply improve doing the same with just better technical uh, equipment or other, other schemes. So, so I think that's one of the forgotten childs, yeah, for sure. That's it for this week's Studio Berlin. Thank you to Daynav's Managing Director, Martin Bornhold. Thank you as well to CO2 Online Senior Consultant, Lawrence Herrmann and Tim Kauerman with the initiative Berlin Kann Mehr. Thank you all. Yes, thank, thank you. you for I'm Nikki Matzen, your host this week on Studio Berlin. You can catch more episodes and engage in discussions on the topics we cover. Simply connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to have your say. Thanks for listening to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. Have a great week. <laughs>